Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans, and I'm from Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas. Tonight, we're going to be looking at some of the Bible prophecies that relate to the times and the experiences that we're having now. Coronavirus is a part of what the Bible says because we're told that there will be pestilences in the last days. The rapture describes the resurrection of Christians who have died and those who are alive at the time of its occurrence. Even though the word rapture does not appear in the Bible, it derives from the Latin word rapier, which means to be caught up. Christians will be translated from mortal bodies to immortal bodies, and all will rise to meet Jesus Christ in the air. Unbelievers will be left to go through the tribulation period. The rapture will occur before the tribulation, and it is soon to come. It can happen at any time because there's nothing to hold back Jesus from coming to get the saints of God, according to the word of God. It will actually initiate the beginning of something called the tribulation period, which is a terrible time upon the face of the earth. Scriptures that support the fact of the occurrence of the rapture begin with 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18 which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. John fourteen one through 3 Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house of many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Luke 21 and 34 tells us, and take heed to yourselves. Let's at any time your hearts be overchoiced with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unaware. First Corinthians 15 and 23 tells us, But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. First Corinthians 15, 51 through 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Second Corinthians 5 and 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Colossians 3 and 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. James 5, 7 through 8. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman shall be waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, 
and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. First John 2 and 28 says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, this first unfulfilled prophecy lets us know that Jesus indeed is coming back to get his people. He's going to rapture us out of here. I just want to encourage the saints of God who are saved and living for God every day, living clean and holy lives. Be encouraged, saints of God, because Jesus indeed is soon to come. Let us all be found busy winning souls for the Lord. Let's keep our garments white without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, and our lamps trimmed and burning, for the rapture could occur at any time. So now let's look at the second unfulfilled Bible prophecies. What happens after the rapture? The very next thing that's going to happen is the beginning of a terrible time called the tribulation period. The tribulation period will be a terrible seven-year period of unbelievably horrid events that would occur. There will be wars and plagues, earthquakes and catastrophes, during which about three-fourths of the earth's population will be destroyed. The church will not be here because it will have been raptured before this occurs. This will be a time of punishment upon the earth for all of those individuals who rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The Great Tribulation period, also known as the time of Jacob's trouble, is the second half of the final years of the Tribulation period. Let's go to the scriptures and see what they have to say about this time. Jeremiah 30 and 7 says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Matthew 24, 21 says, For then shall the great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. The tribulation period will end with Jesus' second coming at the Battle of Armageddon. Selected additional scriptures that address the tribulation period and the great tribulation period start with Daniel 12 and 1. And that scripture says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Matthew 24 and 22. And except those days should be shortened, There should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Matthew 24, 29 says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Now, while there will be those individuals who will be saved during the tribulation, Most of the people who missed the rapture 
will have to give up their very lives in order to make it into the kingdom of God. So if you're not saved, why would you get caught up in that confusion? This is the easiest time to be saved. Get saved now. Revelation 7 and 14 says, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I say again, get saved now because Jesus is soon to come to rapture his church out of here. And as soon as that takes place, you're going to find yourself in the midst of the tribulation. The majority of those who miss the rapture will be lost for eternity. The late Apostle Lobius Murray preached a message entitled, The Greatest Prayer Meeting Ever Held. And what he talked about in that message is that there are going to be many people who are aware when the saints are gone, they will know that the rapture has taken place. But unfortunately, they have been left behind. They're going to be crying out to God. They're going to be praying. They're going to promise him all kinds of things. They're going to want to be saved. But for the majority of them, it will be too late. In order to be saved during that time, they are going to have to give their very lives. Why not do it now? Apostle referred to the many people. They're going to be flocking to churches to pray once they realize that this rapture has taken place and they've missed it. So I'm saying to you that are listening to me tonight, don't get caught up in that group. Get right and stay ready for the rapture before it's too late. And so next, we're going to look at the third unfulfilled Bible prophecy. And that's going to happen as soon as the rapture takes place. As soon as that tribulation period begins, a man is going to stand up and he is going to declare himself to be the, an answer to the chaos that's going to be taking place upon the earth. And what is his name? He's known as the Antichrist. The Bible describes him in many scriptures. Second Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God, sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Revelation 13 and 18, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, during the first half of the tribulation, the Antichrist will take his position and establish himself as a great and compassionate leader. The people are going to love and adore him initially. Daniel 11 and 21 says, But he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flattery. Oh, he's going to have great swelling words and he's going to have great abilities and promises to do this and that. He's going to flatter the people and they're going to think that he's the answer to all of their problems. Because the nation of the earth will be in chaos, he's going to come forth as one who can bring civil order and balance. Oh, he's going to be a great orator or a speaker. 
according to Daniel 11 and 36, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. He's going to be a political and a commercial genius. According to Daniel 11 and 41, he shall enter also into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown. But he's going to turn out to be a clever liar and deceiver. And he is actually led by Satan. Second Thessalonians 2, 9 through 10 says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. In Daniel 11 and 37, Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. However, at the end of the first three and a half years, he's going to show who he really is. He will reveal himself for who he is, the cruelest dictator the world has ever known. He's going to gain political and economic control over all the world. Daniel 13 and 7 says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Now be aware that these saints are people who have gotten saved after they missed the rapture. Because there will still be some people getting saved during that time. But these are not the saints who have gone back with Jesus. Some people today believe that they will be able to easily resist the Antichrist and live for Jesus during this awful time. To be saved, they must be willing to die for their conviction. Many will die for what they believe, but now is the easiest time to be saved, people. Jesus is going to rapture his people out before the Antichrist appears. Again, I appeal to you, get saved now, and please don't miss the rapture. So that was the third unfulfilled prophecy of the Bible. And let's now look at number four, the Middle East Peace Treaty. According to the first half of Daniel 9 and 27, the Antichrist will guarantee a peace treaty. This is during those early days when he's um, uh, presenting himself as a great and wonderful orator. He's going to guarantee this peace treaty or agreement, a covenant between Israel and its enemies. But this peace will not happen. As a matter of fact, it is the breaking of this false peace treaty that will initiate the Great Tribulation period, which is the final three and one half years of the Tribulation period. Daniel 9 and 27 says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. It's important that we have a basic understanding of the prophecy of the book of Daniel's 70 weeks to understand the tribulation, which is identified beginning in Revelation chapter 6. You first need to know that the word weeks means years rather than days. And the weeks in Daniel's prophecy means seven years. Therefore, the 70 weeks means 70 times 7 years or 490 years. Many excellent references are available to help you to understand the weeks of Daniel's prophecy uh, about what that means. One good example is the Dates Bible, page 1480, column 2. The title is the 70 weeks 
in uh, Daniel 9 and 24. So with that explanation in mind, let's take a cursory look at Daniel 9, 23 through 27. I'm going to read those scriptures. The 23rd verse says, At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Daniel was a prophet that was very concerned about his people, and he sought God. He cried out to God. He repented to God for his people, and he had questions of God. He wanted to know what was going to happen to his people. And the 24th verse is an explanation that God gave unto him. The passage of scripture that I'm about to read relates to God, to Israel, and Jerusalem. Verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Now, Daniel is told that it will take 70 weeks, which which really means 490 years, as I explained earlier, to make an end of sin, to heal and deliver Israel from its sins at the returning of the Messiah, to usher in eternal righteousness, to seal or fulfill the prophecy concerning Jesus, the Messiah, and to anoint the most holy. Verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and three scores and two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. Verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. And until the end of the war, desolations are determined. These uh, aspects that we're discussing right now have already occurred. And how do we know that? Because the Messiah was indeed cut off. Now, let me just say this uh, for those of us who are the church today. A lot of people think that somehow that the Jewish people have been set aside, that God no longer honors them because of their multiple sins. But I tell you, God created them. God loved them. He made them a nation. And the whole thing that this tribulation is going to be about is simply getting them to move into their rightful place. They're going to be punished for the sins that they have committed against God so that they can get right. So where did the church come in? When Jesus came in the book of Matthew, it talks about the kingdom of God has come. When Jesus came to earth, he came to establish his kingdom at that point. But he was rejected by his own people. He was rejected by the Jews. And when that occurred, he turned to the Gentiles. And let me tell you, people, today we are the Gentiles that were allowed to be grafted in because the Jews rejected Jesus. I'm sorry that the Jews did that to him, but I'm shouting glad that it gave you and I an opportunity to be saved. The church was established with the death of Christ. And when Christ comes back to get us, the church will be taken away. We were uh, something like a parenthetical 
insertion. Do you understand that? That the church is not the big deal that we think we are. It's really still all about the Jewish people. But because they rejected the Messiah, it gave us a chance to praise him. That's why you see Christians shouting and jumping and crying and praising and giving honor and glory to uh, Jesus Christ. Because he died that we might be saved. We were an awful people full of sin. We were terrible as Gentiles. And what the Lord did for us was he loved us, even though we were full of sin. God in his ultimate plan knew that we were going to receive him, many of us. And that's what we're doing today. We are living clean and holy so that we can make it in. But at the same time, because he's opened our eyes and our understanding, we're crying out to you. Get right. Get right. Jesus died for you so that you don't have to go to hell. You are on a speed trip to hell, and that's exactly where you're going. I cry out now. I cry daily because this coronavirus is taking so many people straight to hell because they are dying without Jesus Christ. But that does not happen to have to happen to you. So I'm encouraging you, even as we read this 26th verse again, I hope you understand this. It says, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. That's when Jesus was killed, but not for himself. He didn't die for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. We know that Jerusalem was destroyed and the end thereof shall be with the flood and unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Let's look at this again. The 490 years or 70 weeks are divided into three divisions. Division one, seven weeks or 49 years are given to the complete restoration of Jerusalem and the wall. That has already occurred. Restoration decrees were given by King Cyrus of Persia, Darius I, and Xerxes. Okay, division two. At the end of 62, three score and two weeks, or the end of the 69th week, the Messiah would be cut off or crucified. And he indeed was crucified. And then division three, Let's add it up. Division one and division two equals 69 weeks, leaving the final one week as the seven years of tribulation. That's where that whole Jacob's 70 years comes from. That time of Jacob's trouble is that entire 70 years. First, uh, Jerusalem was destroyed in division one. And then in division two, at the end of three score and two weeks, or the end of the 69th week is when Jesus was cut off. God raised him again. He's in heaven now making intercession for us. But that still leaves a full week. That still leaves the final week of that 70 weeks. And that final week is the seven years of tribulation that's going to occur. I hope that helps you understand what the 70 weeks are that Daniel was told. It is important to know that the church is not mentioned anywhere in this section of the Bible. Now, isn't that interesting? Why? Because the entire time of the church, from the crucifixion of Christ until the beginning of the tribulation, will take place right between the 69th week and the 70th week. That's why I say we're really, the church is really a parenthetical insertion between the 69th week and the 70th week. The church was not begun until after the 69th week when Christ was crucified. 
and it will be raptured before the 70th week begins. You can tell you, people are already, uh, companies are already starting to practice uh, getting ready for the mark of the beast and the things that are going to happen during the tribulation period. Uh, it, we're in the middle of uh, this coronavirus thing. This is a practice for the things that are getting ready to come to pass. We're not in the tribulation yet, and the church will not be here. But that tells us the rapture is on the way. I mean, at any moment. And so those of us, again, who know what's happening are crying out to you, get yourself right. Get right with God. It's going to happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen so fast. You can't say, save me, Lord. It'll be too late. So you need to cry out now and ask him to save you. God actually stopped the progression towards the tribulation to send Jesus to die for mankind, to graft in the Gentiles, to perfect the church, and then to rapture the church out. When the 70th week, those final seven years of tribulation begins, the church will have been raptured and in heaven. Hallelujah. If men and women understood the position of the church in God's plan, they would be running to Jesus right now to be saved. That's why I'm on the air right now, trying to get you to understand this is your opportunity to be saved. Yeah, you'll be able to be saved during the tribulation, but you're going to have to give your life. Most people are going to have to give their lives in order to live for Christ during the tribulation. Can we all increase our efforts to please, please saints of God, let's help these people understand so they can get saved. Verse 27, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. We're talking about the Antichrist again now and the things he's going to do. He's going to confirm this covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. So all of this praising and honoring and uh, trying to say that there's going to be peace and safety. The Antichrist is going to cut it off. Verse 27 says it describes the beginning of the last of Daniel's 70th week, which is the seven years of tribulation presented in the book of Revelation. Verse 27 tells us that the Antichrist, the he of verse 27, will cause the Middle East peace treaty to be signed, but that peace will not last. Saints, we do understand that this section concerning Daniel's prophecy is somewhat weighty. We also know that the truth concerning Bible prophecy has been unlocked. We are indeed God's end times people, and we have a responsibility to do as we're instructed in 2 Timothy 2 and 15, which is study to show that self approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we're going to stop at this point. And then at the next podcast, we will pick up with Bible prophecy that has not been fulfilled. Number five. May God bless you all.